You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey everyone, welcome to Arts on the Air. I'm really excited to be here today with Sarah Kuda. Sarah, welcome. Hey, hey. Hey. And just to start off the name, it sounds so good. It's like a, a takeoff on Barracuda, right? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Tell us yep. about the car. Um, it was bright yellow. It's 65, slant six, three on the tree. Three on the tree <laughs> means my shifter was on the column. Okay. So I, okay. I learned how to drive uh, by a, the steering a wheel. stick. Yeah, yes. so it looked like an automatic shifter, it does, but it was yeah. actually. But it's um, a stick shift. Yep. Cool. I, you know what? I can drive stick shift too, but I've never been in a car that had oh, it up at the column fabulous. either. Do you know how many people don't know how to drive stick shift I do know days. how many people do not know. <laughs> Even when I learned, I had to learn because um, when I was in high school, all the cars that my parents would always have were always stick shift cars. So I just had to learn how to drive on that, that I was the only one of my friends who could do it. So. Yeah. I have a mini right now, a mini Cooper, and that's oh a, that's a five speed. Cute. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've gotten onto car talk yeah. with... Tamara and Sarah. I know nothing about cars. That's we'll, okay. We'll start talking about your photography. I know photography. minimal, but it's a stick shift. So, so. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to read a little bit of your bio from your website sure. about your photography. Sarah started as a photographer to highlight and capture life's beautiful moments and freeze them in time, which is a lovely sentiment. Um, and then to go on in your bio, a few of your favorite things to photograph are people, events, and nature, mm-hmm. which is pretty broad. It's almost everything. I love it. Because I, I can't decide. I hate <laughs> photographing big weddings or big wedding parties. Oh, okay, they can okay. be really challenging. And yeah. the ones that I've done, the pictures turn out beautifully, but it is a situation Just that I don't enjoy. enjoyable. So yeah. like elopements I'll do, but I really don't care to do big wedding photography even though there's a lot of money in it in savannah it's just not something that i find joyful yeah and these days i really try to operate through joy in my spirit when i'm doing things and things that creatively set my soul on fire yeah well it sounds like i mean we'll get into it but the things that you are photographing it looks like you'll definitely have enough business in savannah even leaving out the big weddings um i just wanted to (laughs) i wanted to start off and just ask um when did you move to savannah and what brought you here I moved here in the end of 2003, so I've been here 19 years, oh, wow. and uh, my friend who's a hairstylist, she asked me to move because I was going through my first divorce, and I was on a workman's comp case, I had got hurt at work, so oh, I didn't really no. have a whole lot going on, Yeah. and I was like, well, if I it's take an opportunity, yeah, absolutely, if I take an opportunity when it opens, I can always go back if it doesn't work. But if you don't take the opportunity when it's presented, you might not get the opportunity to have another one. Yeah, that is very true. Um, where were you living then? Uh, I had moved from Toledo, Ohio. Oh, wow. And I hate snow. Okay. So. So there wasn't anything specific about Savannah. You had a, fr- a good friend who liked her I didn't even know anything about Savannah. Okay. Like, I just was like, I moved down here with what fit in the bed of my S10. Is that, is that a truck? It's a little, okay. it's like the little trucks, <laughs> like early 2000. And it was... It's the small kind of, like, truck that you and can And now you've have. been here for 19 years. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, what was it, what, what were your first impressions when you first got to town? I hated Savannah. Okay. I kept having all these things happen that were really challenging, and I was like, why did I move here? Yeah. And it, it took some time, because I had a series of, mis- un- like, unfortunate events. Oh. 
So it, it took me some time. Okay. Life was throwing a lot at you, but you stayed. I did. For whatever reason. Because uh, the weather. Okay. Even though it's drunk in Savannah and it can't choose what it wants to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just, I didn't want to, to me, to go back to Michigan felt like a defeatist move. Yeah, like going backwards. I was determined to make it work. I hear that. Um, when did you start doing photography? I've always loved photography. Um, I was not able to really hone in on, on doing it until I was able to get better equipment and yeah. afford better equipment. So I have always had the eye and I've always loved it since I was young, but it wasn't until um, probably three years ago that I really, really was able to start capturing what my eye saw because yeah. then I was able to get the equipment. And I mean, it's only in the last few years that people had like, everybody's just walking around with a pretty good camera in their pocket, but before then you definitely needed some level of equipment. Absolutely, you can have the eye and not the equipment, or you can have the equipment and not the eye, but you have to be able to capture and frame. And, and with today's technology, it makes it so much easier for people to have access in, in our pockets. Yeah, and that's a yeah. lovely thing, but there are still things with the eye that you can capture that not necessarily everyone has the same viewpoint of the world basically that you can capture and highlight and showcase and share that and that that's yeah. one of the things I love about photography is I can capture these beautiful things and share them and really I want to make people's hearts smile with with this beautiful imagery oh. that I'm able to produce how do you think so in order to take photos that are just different than what everybody can do with their phone is it a matter of like the lenses is it the development like what do you think for your practice I would that say that lenses on a DSLR or a mirrorless camera that's where you start getting into the money yeah. but it's also what allows you to capture images in a different way like I have one, my big lens is a 150 to 600 millimeter. Okay. So that allows me to capture my nature photography and really hone in on being able to get close enough to see the yes. image. Yes, yes, which I noticed you do have, you have a lot of uh, flower photos and it is that, that typical like beautiful thing where the flower is very, very sharp and then the background is very soft and it looks super professional. I just love color. I love color and yeah. making things pop. And so on my photography, I do tweak the color a little bit, but there isn't a whole lot of editing that happens post. Yeah. Um, it's just to make things pop a little bit more. Yeah. It's more about you, you, like what you wanted to accomplish. You did it in the first. In the photo. Yeah. You want to try some of it's post-production, but a lot of it is initially. It's yeah. like doing um, makeup for photography. You want to make the photographer's job post-editing easier so they don't have to go in and do a lot of extra work. So oh, that's true. That's a good point. The goal is to really try to capture the image in its essence so you don't have to spend as much time in post-production because Post-production takes a long time. I like that term. I, for post-production, I've only ever heard that referred to in, like, videography. I've never heard that for still photography. I, I, I prefer it over just editing. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, there's more than just going in Lightroom or Photoshop. And there's different programs that I use depending on what I'm trying to accomplish in the photo. Oh, wow. How did, so how did you get good at all these different programs? Is it just like over the course Trial of the years? Trial and error slowly, and yeah. like just playing with them. I'm not great at Photoshop yet. I do have some classes that I have purchased that okay. I plan on going through, but with some other things that have happened over the last few years, it kind of took my attention away from that. But now I'm at a point that I'm really looking forward to 2023 and planning and moving forward. And oh, yeah. Um, and you work, you have a day job where you work as a hairdresser and barber. Yeah, I'm dual it. licensed. That's correct. I, I got my, uh, I went to school in 
2004 when I first moved here. I moved in 2003. And they put me as an in-state student instead of out-of-state. So I had to pay back all this money. And I was like, forget it. I'm not going to do it. Oh whatever. So I had a job that I started as a bartender. And my best friend, her name is Teresa Tyson. She runs what's called the Harvester of Healing. She's the one I'm doing my energy training under right now. She got me my first bartending job with no experience. <laughs> really shifted and changed my life. So in 2007, I realized I was working at the American Legion. Wow. And I could not, I was like, I can't bartend forever. And plus, nobody tells me how to manage my hair. So I really want to just understand how to do my own hair. And it was a backup plan. I didn't think that it would ever be my main career move Um, but I ended up opening a salon in 2014 on East Broad the city took forever to allow me to open with silly bureaucracy and that's okay but I made it through I'm not the person oh yeah slow van away yes absolutely I'm not the person that's gonna roll over I'm gonna keep powering through (laughs) until we accomplish what the goal is set out to accomplish Um, but uh, somebody came into the Legion and was like hey I have this space I think you should run it. I never owned a salon. I never worked in a salon. So I just jumped head wow, in. That's a lot. Yeah. All at once. Oh yeah. Looking back, I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> so three weeks before the city let me open my salon, there was a fire at the Legion. For, uh, so this it, was 2014? 2013. 2013? In the process. Yeah. I No, I believe the fire did happen in 2014, but I started the process in 2013 yeah. to open. So it was, it was, so when we all hit COVID pandemic and the issues and you know, a lot of people stress, what am I going to do? I already went through that. So it kind of gave me a, a little bit of an advantage to be able to navigate through that, that painful time yeah. we all went through <laughs> that recently. crisis, wow. Yeah. What was that? So where on East Broad Street was that salon? It was over by Hartridge in East Broad. It was across from the, the park and around a bunch of churches. Okay. So at any given day, there'd be a funeral, a wedding, or a peewee football. <laughs> so it was, it was not activity. a great location. But then... Uh, Fast forward, I closed in 2016 due to some unfortunate events with an employee. And um, I had left the Legion uh, around that time as well. I went and worked at Ulta for a short time and and I never would recommend someone going to work in a corporate salon unless they're first coming out of school to get their feet wet. Because it's just not an environment I feel conducive to creative individuals. So then I left there after a few months and I started barber school. And then I worked for Joseph's Salon down next to Pinky Masters. I was there for about four years and then now I'm at Solo. But in that time I went back to school to be a barber because I really got tired when I'd meet people out in public and be like, oh, well, who cuts? I go to a barber. And that was the first thing they said to me. Well, I don't want me not having what I need or a title to stop me from being able to provide a service. So I went back to school so that I could have that title under my name. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that was a whole separate title, but that... It is. In in the state of Georgia, um, the difference between cosmetologists and barbers is a barber can straight razor, and a cosmetologist does hands and feet and makeup and waxing. So that's really... Okay. That's that's the difference. Good that's factoids. it. Okay. Oh, so, so getting back to the photography. What, yes, ma'am. Um, so when did you start buying the equipment and investing in it? So in 2018, my friend Georgia Walters, who does uh, nature photography, she's been published in uh, National Geographic and stuff. She organized, we, we had become friends because her husband used to live right behind my salon and that's how we became friends. Well, she's amazing and I'd pick her brain Well, she started organizing trips. So we would go on photography trips and I'm going after my first or second trip with her 
and not being able to capture and seeing her image capture and I yeah, was just like yeah it's the equipment you realized it was that yeah. so that's when I decided to uh, make the investment and uh, yeah. yeah so it was it really made I put I went from a Nikon crop frame to a Canon full frame and instantly when I put the Canon in my hand I just understood how the moving parts of the camera and ISO and the shutter speed and it all clicked love, yeah. <laughs> for a lack of yes. a better word it clicked you know <laughs> so where were the trips that you had gone to we've been to Cape uh Cape Coral we went to and down when we were down there we went to Santa we stayed in Sanibel Island mm-hmm. um we also went to uh Cades Cove in Tennessee where else have we been we went uh in the Everglades. Oh, nice. We. I'm just trying ga- to think. Gators. They're they're, they're kind of all over nature. Yeah. Nature yeah. trips. You have one particular photo that was of a bird like taking flight out of a lake that was beautiful. That was, was that actually taken trips? at Harris Neck, the Where? nature preserve about 40 minutes from here. Okay. Yeah. Was that a heron? You know, I really couldn't. I I, I listen. Every time we went on a, a, a trip and there's birds involved, I'm like Georgia. What is that? She's like, it's an anhinga. I only ask about the anhingas, and I, yeah. I'm like, I don't know why that's my bird. So I've now that's just the of, big. I, now I need to look up. That's up, just the big joke because I thought that I was asking about a different bird each time. No, yeah. it's always about the same bird. Fascinating. Okay, the two birds that I always think things are around here is either a heron or an ibex. So I'm gonna look that up. Okay, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so looking at your um, at your website, it looks like lately you've been doing a lot of um, band photography, like I love a lot of band photography at yes. Victory North. How did that start? Um, well, um, I I like to capture movement, and I really love to capture people in their essence and their element in the non-stage type of photography. When I am doing concerts and things, yeah. um, I just I love it, and it, it I like to bring to life and freeze that moment so that people can feel like they were there. Yeah, yeah. It, even though they weren't actually. They all, yeah. The people when you're capturing them, they all look like like they're never looking at you. They're just sort of in a state of bliss. They're just doing their in their craft. moment, and that that to me is is a better a better way sometimes. Yeah. And I do capture the head-on looking moments, but I do love capturing people in in their natural facial expressions and and into what they love and, yeah. and being able to share the colors that with are them. very beautiful thank them. you are these um so are these like commissioned jobs for the band no not yet was it zulu profit i think yes. it looks like they were using the photos zulu their... zulu and i do paid okay. partnership where we we help each other with things and and whatnot so there okay. are people that i do work with and at the bottom of my about me section there are a few different bands uh, there's uh 13 bricks which is the van printed my show for the bean when I had my show earlier this year at the bean mm-hmm. Zulu he does a lot of cross promoting for me and whatnot DJ Doc Og I did a really nice photo session with him he's the DJ that plays around town at Abe's and uh, where else does he play is he at Black Rabbit yes DJ Doc Og is at Black Rabbit and uh, who else I put I put Stephen Bass who owns Savannah Combat Club he's one of my best friends he's a former uh-huh. MMA champ. And when you go in to take boxing classes with him, it's not like you're jumping in the ring with someone. He's the most supportive, like amazing, kind human that will make sure whoever goes into his gym is going to feel safe. Yeah. You don't have to worry about being <laughs> harassed or, or problematic situations. He's very, very, very adamant. He has adamant. a lot of women going there. Oh yeah, and, and he just makes sure people feel comfortable. You don't have to go in if you can't, if you need to take a break, he's super, you don't yeah. have to feel weird and awkward like some places you go, it, to me feels very uncomfortable because I'm like I can't do that right now I'm not yeah and in general yet. any kind of combat gym seems, sounds intimidating 
but he he actually and he knows his stuff too because being a a mma champion and previously doing that like but he's just a kind solid dude who will go out of his way to help anyone okay so you've, yeah you've been doing a lot of photography of victory so this it sounds like you're just going to the concerts and you take the photos just to, like, I'm, to put portfolio. myself up yeah yeah is that a thing is that like a direction that you'd like to start getting paid jobs where they're like yes absolutely and one thing i'm working on right now i have to send it to my website developer is i'm i have software now that I want to set it up so people can get like family or elopement photography around town and another side I want to make it so that they can also uh, order my prints like the stuff that oh. I take of my flowers nature yeah, yeah. stuff in Europe whatever yeah. um, but I also would love to eventually get into event photography it's just I, I, yeah. I it's fun because everybody's in a good mood it's, it's true it's good. so you're looking to build these things into your site basically where people yes. can like purchase a package yes purchase a package or if they just want to order a print it'll be a separate thing yeah. where they can order it'll be directly sent to them via the print shop yes yeah, so you mentioned i think i saw on one of your sites you have your photos printed and stretched at studio 13 yep. is that right They're that local. is van okay. yeah that's van ellison he's the one who printed my show and when when i did my show there's a gentleman named uh, alexis javier Oh, yeah. AJ. We all know AJ. Yeah, okay. Well, I wasn't <laughs> sure. Uh, AJ came and taught me how to build my my uh, stretcher bar frames and how to stretch the canvas and mount that. So oh. in the process for my show, he helped me learn how to do all of that. So now if I want to print a photo, I can go to Van and say, hey, I need this printed. Yeah. I can build the frame and stretch it myself that and mount cool. it. So there's, I don't need... A, I try to really have all the equipment or do the things myself so I don't have to rely on anyone else like I do makeup and hair and photography I don't like doing makeup all the time but if I want to do a photo shoot I don't have anybody that is holding me up from my schedule to be able to offer all the things I, oh that's interesting both weddings that I've done I've done the hair makeup and photography and never ever ever want to do that I picture you just like changing your clothes for every station and no just moving, we, we, and we then, wear one one outfit and then but the it's, group of people being like oh wait it's it's you again oh yeah. hi it's almost like <laughs> it's almost like a French farce you just right. keep appearing in different places I love that that's a great that's a great analogy <laughs> and all the the bridal party's like oh my gosh it's that same woman again <laughs> I just people are really heightened on on wedding days too and it's just a lot it's a lot of pressure I know I felt like that when I first started um, doing illustration and selling my art as cards and like yeah like a really easy lucrative thing to get into is doing Im imitations and doing like like the whole slew of paper products for a wedding like you would be printing for them like their save the date cards and the RCP cards and the invites and like especially if you sold on Etsy that was like a big thing to get into of selling these packages and I just could never bring myself to do it because I just thought the stress of working with someone to get ready for a wedding like the stakes are so are high. they gonna ask for paper they're very examples. like yeah like that the time crunch would be you know that you couldn't mess up at all and so I just was ne I was like no do not want to get into this at all but it was like a real decision early on because that would have been a real money-making thing to do you had another just like getting back to your nature photos another photo mm -hmm. that you had that really caught my eye was you have it's of a snake head and it's like poking out amongst the grass and the snake is so crisp and then the grass around it like where were you for that photo? Um, we were in Florida when we, we were we were down there. Um, I have a really cool iguana one I haven't released out yet that's really bright <laughs> and colorful. It's one of my favorites. But again, that lens allows you to get that close without having to be oh. that close. How close were you actually to the snake? Um, I would probably say five feet. Okay. So were you like 
lying down in the grass and you see it five feet away from you? Nope. You scra- my friend Georgia has an eye for capturing, where, like seeing where things are in nature. She's like, oh, look, a snake. And so then I, like, I don't see things blend in very well, but she is like, look right there. Yeah. So no, you crouch down okay. or you, you change your angle. You get it snake level. Yeah. I mean... You, you got to get at the eye level sometimes. It's you cool because the, the head, it's, it's like raising its head up and it's sort of almost like it's not moving away from you. It's not like it was scared of you. Nope, it was saying hello. Yeah, I have this, I've noticed in my, my nature photography, I capture things looking. Like I, like I'm thinking about doing a whole piece on here's looking at you. I have a baby bear with his tongue sticking out when we went to Tennessee. And I have this one crow that literally is looking at you like, what do you want? <laughs> The kingfisher looks like a, a cartoon bird, and so when he looks at you, it like I have a lot of animals that just, <laughs> just directly look looking. at me. Yeah, so I love the idea of a show. Here's looking at you. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, I've got a couple <laughs> other ideas that I, I want to go through, but one of the main projects that I'm going to work on early on is I'm going to start doing a blog with with photography okay. and promoting other local people as well. Who are you thinking about promoting? Well, Jimmy Butcher. Okay. Oh yeah. Van. AJ, like even though these people are well known in the community, um, some of my hairstylist friends, I just feel like the best way to promote yourself is also take others who are really, we're all in this together. And so if I can promote myself by taking pictures that I enjoy doing, but also helping my friends promote their business, I feel really, really good about that. They're going to be kind of like photo essays of people, like behind the scenes of them? Yeah, and um, kind of interview as well, and then maybe eventually a podcast, but Right now, we're going to start with one thing at a time. Because yeah. <laughs> I have a tendency cool. to try to do way too much. So yeah. I'm trying to, like, get one thing, in, like, in the motion and then we'll move on to the next That thing. sounds very cool. I love the idea of just a look behind it. Like, you almost tagging along with them for a day in the life of. Yeah. Do you have a, a name for your site yet? Are you well, I've got, I've got saracudaphotography.com and I have it in, under Wix. But I am going... I'm having my custom site built in WordPress, so it'll be oh. saracuda.photography okay. and redirect that later. But I don't have a blog name yet. I All haven't right. I haven't we'll got have that to think far. of a club. Yes, guy. thank you for reminding yeah. me I need to do that. They, well, the Here's Looking at You is a cool name for that art show of the animals, but honestly, you could use Here's I Looking like at You that. for that. No, thank too. you for that suggestion. That, that, I might like, have to use that. Do like I, am I gonna have, do you want life. credit? Can I give <laughs> Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> it's a timestamp. <laughs> Yeah, here's looking at you. It really works for a lot of different. I, I love that. Thank you for sure. thank you for. Uh, well, I'm liking this idea. You're dropping doing. that suggestion because I may very well not want to sit and think of because that sounds really great. Yeah, you can't mess with things that sound great. No, it's just it was perfect. No, and and thank you for bringing that to my attention because you're right. It is perfect. Um, I wanted to ask. So, in the the getting your work printed on the canvas, how was there any kind of like learning curve with that like with the materials did did everything work okay with that um there was a bit of a learning curve uh because van uh had to readjust because some of the stuff on the computer versus transpiring it into printing there was a little bit of adjustment period but anything that that initially when he was setting it up uh he reprinted and made we he made sure diligently to make sure everything looked the way it's supposed to look so If something happens and like he's very, very, very adamant about making sure the quality product that he puts out the client's happy with and he's going to do it right. That's awesome. 
were you doing that with an aim to like was it for that gallery show that you had or yes. you to sell them on your site? I had never actually printed any of my photography work until I went to like print for the show. So okay. the first time he printed it out a couple of them on photo paper, I cried oh. because I had never seen my work in print and I was like I was Aww. just so enamored by the fact it looked so pretty so real yeah so uh zulu actually set the whole thing up because i was sitting over there one day i went to fan was down the street before when i had my shop on east broad that's how we met he had 13 bricks over there it's now studio 13 on waters avenue and sometimes i'll go say hey what's up and we're sitting there and Zulu's like why haven't you put on a show yet you need to talk to aj and i was like oh well i don't know where i'd print it and van looked at me and he was like Really, Sarah? There's a printer right over here. Why haven't I was like, I thought you just did t-shirts and clothes. I didn't know. So that's how that whole it was just a basic wow. start of a question that turned into a whole a whole <laughs> show, like out of nowhere. It was beautiful. So you went to AJ and you said, I'd like to do a show. Yep, I and and so we set it up far enough out that I would have time to get everything together and, yeah. and print and, and put the show together and he was all for it. How was your experience having your work at, at um, Sentient Beam? How'd that go for you? I cried the first time I saw it, of course. Yeah. I, I'm a bit of an emotional, like, <laughs> oh, sentimental person. It was beautiful. It was at, you know, and before my sister flew down from Pennsylvania, one of my best friends since elementary school, she came down. She's wow. the first person to visit me since 2007. Wow. From Michigan. Like, so besides a, my sister. So it was a big art show for you. I it mean, was huge. Probably 100 together. people showed up at my opening. Oh my and gosh. before I went there, I was, like, so nervous. And I'm, like, having a freak-out moment. My best friend, Teresa, was like, Sarah, breathe. All these people are coming to support you because they love you and they care about you. Just pretend you're in a room hanging out with them because that's what... Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're yeah. right. Why am I nervous? <laughs> this is ridiculous, you know? But it was a really, really wonderful experience. And it's nice that Kristen who owns the bean allows artists to come in and showcase their yeah, work, absolutely. especially new artists or artists that haven't had the opportunity to be in a gallery. It really gives them the opportunity yeah, yeah. to it's less stress than the gallery thing. And I mean, just as far as like getting your work out to number of people, it's one of the, probably like the most people in the whole city coming through Sunny Bean. It was so pretty really awesome. Great. It made me feel you know? really special to be able to do that. The agent is like, we're going to put you at the bean because AJ curates shows at different places around town. Yeah. Yeah. I had something at uh, Starling cafe once. Just he long. is yeah. the man of all hats, yeah. I swear. So that was in May, that show? Yes, ma'am. Okay, awesome. Um, well, this is a good time. We're going to go ahead and take a little break. Again, I'm with Sarah Kuda, local photographer. And if you hang on, we will be right back. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. 
They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. Hi everyone, this is Tamara. We're coming back to our interview with Sarah Kuda, and I just wanted to give a heads up that in this second half of the interview, she's going to be talking a lot about her advocacy with uh, sexual assault issues and navigating the legal system. So just a heads up on that. Thank you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey, and I'm with photographer Sarah Kuda. Welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. Um, so when we went into the break, we were talking about the show that you had in May at Sentient Bean, and it was your first photography show. Um, I noticed on your site you did a, you did a photo shoot at a Juneteenth um, I did. celebration at Tybee Island, is yes. that right? Yes, Can you that's tell correct. us about that? Well, one of my friends and clients, Andrew Hartzell, who teaches African drum at the Cultural Arts Center, Ed came in and he reminded me it was going on and I was like that would probably be an amazing thing to photograph so I just grabbed my camera I woke up I was like I'm kind of tired and it's like no Sarah get out of the house <laughs> so I went out there and just started just taking a ton of photos yeah what is their celebration like there is it speakers is it a there were some speakers do? on the beach and a lot of music and there were sh- like local people came and set up shops yeah, at the pavilion and it was just a really beautiful nice. honor of what Juneteenth was yeah so it was, I, it was just amazing that sounds just up your Alex I know you do a lot of your photography of bands performing at Victory North and just like people in action doing what they're passionate about with the colors so the Juneteenth the photos look really beautiful they were they the people it was just so much love yeah and I, I would encourage anyone anytime there is an event that they do for Uh, out there with that type of different cultural activity to definitely go check it out. I feel like downtown, I mean, I always hear about the Juneteenth celebrations that go on downtown and and like like AJ from Sulphur, who you referenced, I know he does a lot of work with that, but I never hear about it going on in Tybee. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I, I, the Tybee Association, and I don't want to be misquoted, but I can't remember the lady's name off the top of my head. Oh, it's terrible. But, uh, yeah, she's the one who kind of helped start all that. Oh, okay. And they've been doing it for several years. Yeah. I wish I had a little more background that I remember to, to tell you, and unfortunately I don't. I'm so sorry. But AJ very much keeps up with that stuff, so he would be a prime person to contact. Well, the photos look really good. I don't know if you see a show coming out where you just show your work from that, possibly? Or? There are plenty enough photos. There were 238 edited photos that I did from that event. I take a lot of photos, and then I have a hard time picking which ones I really like. Yeah, how do you approach culling down that many photos? Where do you even start? 
I go through and delete the ones that aren't great. <laughs> um, and then it is hard for me. Like, I did a trade for uh, my friend's engagement photos, and he gave me a massage and did my hair. And I told him I'd give him 15 edited photos. I gave him, like, 40. And so that is definitely a, a challenge for me that I need to work on, like, scaling down how many. Yeah. But I get some really good ones, and I have a really hard time, like, deciding. So that was a that was engagement photos you said you did. Yep, for okay. my friend Justin. Because you said you don't yeah, like doing Justin a big like a big wedding ceremony, right. but something like that. That's so like a small an engagement photo, family portraiture, uh, an elopement, yeah, things like that. I'm okay with. It's You're just when there's do. a lot of moving parts in a high stress situation. Yeah, I pick up on energy and it puts me in a, a heightened state of panic almost. Just like if someone comes in the salon these days, and if someone says, no one's ever got my hair right, I'm going to kindly say, I'm probably not the right person to do your hair. Because it's just starting off on such a, a negative note. Yes. And it's it's a very personal experience to have someone do your hair, especially if they're getting color. You're going to be sitting there for a while. Yeah. And so I'm going to make sure I'm as comfortable as I can be to make sure that the client has the most positive experience possible. Yeah, that's, I, that makes a lot of sense. I never really thought about it that way. But yeah, I, can you um, speak a little bit about, I feel like in all the interviews I do, it comes up where artists are like, you have to have your public face or you're dealing with people a lot, either you're at an art show or you're a musician or something and you're selling and then you go home and you're just actually truly an introvert where like being around people drains you kind of and you feel like you need to be alone to like regroup. So for you it's, I mean both like you mentioned, at the show that you had where you were so nervous to go and that you felt like you were going to be like that you were going to have to almost be on a performance if you were going to be and looking that's, at you. That's exactly what it feels like. And after yeah. bartending for years and being on like that, it's a little overwhelming because I, you're on all the time and it becomes a lot. And so when I had stopped bartending full time, I really started enjoying my peaceful solitude of not having to expel all this energy like for now when I go out per se on like on a night going out with some friends I plan ahead because I have to hype myself up to be able to expel that much energy because having bartended for so long in downtown Savannah I constantly run into people as well yes so it, it can be a lot. What are some um, what are some goals that you have for your photography business coming up in the new year? I know you mentioned getting better at Photoshop. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Composite photography, so I can really do some of that magical imagery and like putting pieces together. And, okay. And I I'm sure there are people in town that do it, but I don't see as many people do that. And I would like to kind of hone in on that, on that as a specialty, where you take a picture of let's say a child and. It, child's on Santa's lap and like all these magical things are around it and I use Santa as an example because it's almost Christmas (laughs) but it's really being able to layer elements in Photoshop and blend them together to really create a magical story photograph that really tells this amazing tale by just looking at it that sounds good it sounds like so in order to like Photoshop a bunch of pieces and put it into the main photo you probably have to like you have to control like the lighting has to be the same on all of it right or else it, it's just it, you gonna can read a, very false. you can adjust the lighting it's blending the layers together and all the pieces so it doesn't look like you have a botched pc yeah, yeah. photo <laughs> can you tell so i know in the break you mentioned to me that you just bought some new equipment you're excited about i did i've bought a whole lot of studio lighting okay. i've got an outdoor light now um reflectors, I've got studio lights, umbrellas, soft boxes, 
What is a softbox? Um, basically, it's those big, they're either round or square, and they have the black on the sides with the white, so it kind of is light diffusing, and you can place where you want the light to hit the subject. Oh, okay. What, so what types of photo shoots are all these lights going to help you do? Um, some for the blog that I want to start, and some for portrait photography or family photography and everything is portable so I could take my equipment and set it up in someone's home oh, nice. and do photo shoots if someone wants to be in their home and do something with their family around Christmas or yeah. if they just want to set it up that way I can go to that. That's great so you really look you're kind of looking to not transition out of the art photography but you just really want to grow into the I want like, to be able to shows. grow in to do photo shoots but also with those lighting you can have more creative options when, you know, someone jumping up and yeah. then you can do that composite photography where you add things to it or like if it could look like someone per se, you have a, a splash and it can look like they're coming out of the splash because uh, they jump up and so yeah. the lighting just adds another element that makes it easier also to, to expand what I oh, would like it. to okay, do okay. in my creative aspect of so, photography. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah, so it's going to work for the commercial shoots, but also you can get like even more artistic with your gallery yes, photography. which I'm really excited I about. I love that. Oh my gosh. Really excited about you it. You kind of, you touched on a little bit when you talked about when you're going out and you have to like jazz yourself up to go out. And I usually, there's a few questions that I always ask people in these interviews and one of them is, do you have a special song that you listen to that's like your thing that maybe helps you get ready or something or like if you're walking down the street a song that's playing in your head um there's a few songs uh there is um an artist called dessa d-e-s-s-a she is phenomenal she i don't know if it was minneapolis or the minnesota uh, orchestra she arranged a whole thing to sing with them but she sings and raps Okay. And she's really, really, really good. That's Sometimes cool. I'll put on some Post Malone, which isn't something I listen to all the time, you yeah. know. I feel like listening to Post Malone is like what you listen to to get ready to go out to McDonald's or something, right? <laughs> I don't go to like it's that, that often. It's that kind of night. I did work there for almost a okay. year, several years ago, <laughs> as the daytime bartender. <laughs> Is there anything else that you, I know that you, we, we had another topic we were going to talk about. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about your photography? Um, no, just to... Follow Just me on social, even though I'm new. not great at updating my social media. I will be better at so that in 2023 yeah, as well. You're setting an intention now. You've done Absolutely. This people I have are going to be following you. Yes. All right. You found me, and I was like, oh, somebody found my That's photography. True. And I, I was so you. excited. Thank you for this opportunity because <laughs> I was really excited. I'm like, one of my intentions was I would be known as a photographer and not just a bartender or just a hairstylist. No, I mean, when I found, when I saw your Instagram, yeah, you don't post super often, but just scrolling through, I was like, everything, it was very saturated, very detailed, very crisp, and it just really caught my eye. I thought it was beautiful. Thank you. Of course. Um, and I know you mentioned to me you wanted to talk about a different subject. You've been doing a lot of work with sexual assault advocacy on yes. the legal end. Yes. Would you like to talk about that? I I had a situation. I went on a date with someone that I spoke to for a couple of months. And it was a really great first date. And at the end of the date, I was going to get an Uber. And he offered to give me a ride home. And instead of taking me home, he took me somewhere else. And I was in shock when he took me home. And I had a really hard time. And for three days, I really just, I don't really remember the three days following because it was just, I was, I was out of it, to yeah, be honest. So I much just, shock. Total. It's one of the two times in my life I've been in shock. 
Um, so a friend of mine came to me and I was like somebody I've been friends with for years. And she looked at me and she said, Sarah, if you don't say something when he does this again, because he's already, I guarantee, done it, how are you going to live with yourself? I know you. And that really kind of knocked me with a light bulb in my head and a gut punch to be like, she's right. And so that's what made me go forward. And through the whole process, there were a lot of mishandlings of a lot of things. And for every no that I find, I'm going to find a yes. It might take me 10 no's, but I'm going to find the right people. And through the process of my resilience of not taking no for an answer, I found a lot of the right people that aren't in Savannah, of course. But I found a lot of the right people who are helping me and we're uh, working at changing state-level laws for victim protection. We are uh, a friend of mine who worked with advocacy in Effingham County. We just decided yesterday that the beginning of, in January, we're going to sit down and really, really, really work towards creating a nonprofit that will fill in the mental health and the holes that the RCC, Mary's Place, and the court system, they have limited resources. And so we really want to kind of go in and fill in the gaps for healing and help with advocacy because everything that I've discovered, I know more than a lot of people in the system know just because I've had to and be an advocate for myself. Yeah. So in my process of doing that and knowing that I have a voice and I got a loud mouth, I'm not ashamed of what happened and I understand why it shuts people down. I promise I understand that. I just know that I've been given a responsibility I didn't ask for and I know that I have the capacity to do this. And so it's going to help me heal and it is helping me heal in the process while knowing that I'm going to make a really impactful change because I, again, was given a responsibility and I see and the things that I saw throughout the case where there were holes that need plugged, it has allowed me yeah. to do something with that to help other people behind me because I can't change what happened, but I certainly can take what I know yeah. and do something about it. I think, I mean... The way that you phrase that is fascinating to say that you feel like you are particularly resilient and just like the space that you have for most people who are not that resilient and maybe can't fight this hard and that you understand like this is something you can do. You feel confident that you can do it. I've, it's I've, like a gift. I've fought a lot of battles up until this point fighting for things. Like the first time I remember fighting for something, I was 20. And the snowplow had knocked over my grandma's mailbox in the middle of winter time. And I was at her house. Now, I'm 40 now. So 20 years ago, it was more of the phone book. I said, Grandma, who is in charge of this? And she said, the county commissioner. So I called the county commissioner. They're like, ma'am, the ground is frozen. There's nothing we can do. I said, you've committed a federal offense. I suggest you go get a heater from one of the, the cemeteries. And you come out and give this 75-year-old woman a new mailbox. That is the first time I remember fighting for the right thing. Yeah, but and they were shocked. With there that. was school that I dealt with, things at previous jobs with people that would say things that weren't true and constantly having to fight when the only thing I'm out here trying to do is help other people. I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to step on anyone, but people sometimes feel threatened by that because people a lot of times don't understand genuine, oh honey, genuine intention. How, when you mentioned the rape crisis center, do they have like do you kind of get assigned a particular person who is with you through the Well, whole, here's the thing the about process. that. I would love for any person that is a victim to understand 
you have access to resources that I someone told me right before we went to court in April oh. of this year. Otherwise, I was never given proper information to know what accessible things that you have. Yes, you have the right to an advocate through the whole case. Yes, they offer counseling and other community services that I was not aware of because no one told me in the process. Why is it, isn't that, isn't that like their entire reason is to like give you these resources, right? Yes, but it's the district attorney's office job oh. to make sure above anyone else that you get your victim bill of rights and that you have access to this information. I do know when I first filed the police report, the police gave me something about it. Again, I was in this total oh, state yeah. of shock and it was never been brought up. It was never brought up again. But a friend of mine who um, has been a paralegal and worked in the law system for a long time is the one who told me, you have a right to an advocate. And so these are, again, things that I want to be able to help other people through the process yeah, yeah. where there, there are holes that they don't know. They don't know the resources or if they have a hard time going through to come forward, I will be happy to help anyone because I understand the navigation of the process. And the person you said you're working with somebody who's in a different town, like a different nonprofit. She's basically. part of, she's uh, part of the, she's the sexual assault unit supervisor for the criminal justice coordinating council for the state of Georgia. Wow. Okay. They fund the prosecuting attorneys council and they raise money for the rape crisis center. That's who I'm working with. Wow. We go to the state level. If somebody doesn't want to listen to you, you find out who their boss is. And if the boss doesn't want to help you, you find out who their boss is. And if they don't want to help you, go to the state. This is how things get done. Yeah. You do not lay down when someone tells you no. You keep going. And if I can encourage people to do that, when someone tells you no, you keep going. Well, keep going. I really appreciate you talking to us about this. And honestly, I don't know if you, I mean... It, you obviously have enough on your plate. You're doing your business, and then you're also doing all this advocacy. I always have time for more things. I feel like, I mean, going forward, just the combination of uh, doing your, your photo essays with all this work that you're doing, I, if you just documenting the process in a visual way, I think is really interesting as well. Eventually, also, I would like to like get a group of people together to really offer survivors an opportunity to have a beautification day or like oh. get your hair makeup spa treatments like yeah. just to really help boost that level of feeling yeah really really heavy you, you talked about doing these composite photo shoots and you gave this idea of like fairy wings in the forest i don't know if necessarily fairy wings because it's kind of light but just doing like a really beautiful photo powerful shoot or yeah. warrior women like yeah absolutely in nature Always nature's nature. so healing for everybody. Absolutely. A lot of people, um, some people know, some people don't. Earthing is really good for you. What? I'm sorry? Earthing, where you earthing. walk around barefoot. Oh. It will boost your immune system. They've done body heat scans to see what it looks like before and yeah. after walking around barefoot for an hour or two hours, and it really heightens your immune system. I can see that. I love finding just a really lush patch of grass and walking around barefoot. Forsyth has some pretty lush patches of grass scattered yeah. throughout. You know, it's lovely. You just have to avoid those um, gumballs. Oh, yeah, because trees, people right? don't want to. It's painful. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about in this thing? I can't think of anything. Okay. Well, I'm I really so sorry. We've covered all the no, gamut really of lovely, you. Thank lovely you so much. Yeah. Thank I mean, you for... It, yeah, the, the interview started off as one thing, and I love your words about your hairdresser art and your photography and uh, the lighting and the business practice, and then you have this whole other aspect that you're working on, and I really admire everything you're doing. 
Thank you for asking me to do this and allowing me to put this information out there and finding me. It was such an honor. I'm like, oh my God, somebody saw my work and they liked it. Oh my God, like, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for um, just your bravery and your openness in talking about this. I'm an open book, but never a dull read. So that's a Shannon Scott quote. Shannon Scott does uh, Bonaventure tours. Oh, yeah. So that, that's his quote about me. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so if somebody were dealing with an issue or some fallout from this and wanted to reach out to you, is that something you're comfortable with? Absolutely. I'll be happy to help anyone that I can navigate, be an advocate, go to court with them, whatever they need. They need somebody to just listen or a hug, anything. Because I know the difficulty that I faced. Yeah. And I would hope to God that if I have anything in my power, in my energy bubble, in my soul, that I can help someone ease the process just a little bit, I would love to be able to give that to someone else. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a travesty that the process is still so difficult. For I think we all know just how mm. difficult and uh, emotionally devastating the process is. Especially so. when the people in the positions to help you don't help you. Yeah. Just and the, the fa- lack of compassion. Yeah. And not listening to you and not hearing you. And that's that was the most triggering thing of all. Yeah, I mean... For not this, being heard or listened to. For this kind of crime in particular, you have to have the most... Literally just the most compassionate people you have on staff. That's who they should be sending out for it. So, I agree. Well, thank you very much, Sarah Kuda. And I will post... Um, I'm going to post your Instagram and your website. People can keep an eye on your photography. Please. Thank and, you so um, much. Book you for photo shoots yeah, in the new year. Yes. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Next up, I have a mini interview in which I went to City Market and spoke to Sabri, longtime artist there. She has a beautiful studio upstairs on the south side of City Market, and we're going to be talking about one of her best-selling pieces called Waves of Courage and all the symbolism in it. So, stay tuned for interview with Sabri. Okay, the piece that I'm working on right now, this is a G-clay of the Waves of Courage. And a G-clay is a high-quality reproduction that can be done on canvas as well so as on paper, mm-hmm. but once embellished like the yarn for the hair or the pine cone for the tail, it becomes another original without the original price. Now, the waves of courage, I've used um, the pine cones again for the tail. And just to break it down a little bit more, um, I remember when I first started working with pine cones, um, I was working on a tree piece, and I got up very, very early in the morning, and I said to myself, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and I said, I want to use a different texture um, other than using um, dried paint um, mm. as, as the tree. And so um, I remember hearing a little voice that said, pine cones. And I said, oh, my God, that is a fabulous idea. So um, when the sun did pierce this beautiful head, I ran outside and I started picking up pine cones. And I knew exactly what to do. I knew that I had to take them apart. And it was prickly. And I put them on the tree, and it made a beautiful effect. And I've also used them as shingles on the roof. And now, um, for the uh, mermaid that I'm working on right now, the Waves of Courage, I'm using it as um, the scales for her tail. But the pine cones, I did my research because I knew that the ancestors were really um, wanting me to dig deeper. And so when I did the research on the pine cone, come to find out, the pine cone is the third eye. If you look at the pine cones, you'll see nothing but little eyes within them. 
And so they were also used um, during the Egyptian times um, as a as a headdress uh, for many of the people. It was also used on the building structures too, as well. The pine cone is the highest is one of the highest forms of manifestation. And so the Egyptians were very wealthy and rich beyond measures. And so whatever you want to manifest, you will get it when you work with the pine cone. I never would have guessed that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It seems like such a, it's such a ubiquitous resource. Oh, yeah. It's just always renewing. It That's definitely really opens wonderful. up the third eye, too, as well. And this piece, um, the Waves of Courage, um, out of all the pieces that I've done, uh, it has sold the most. People mm. come in, it's something about her that sells. And this is the goddess Yimaya too as well. And so I feel that that has something to do with it because in the Gullah culture, um, they are considered our ancestors and all cultures have the gods and the goddesses. But in the Gullah culture, we do honor them. And her numbers are seven and 10, <clears throat> which is completion. And so her colors are blue, white, and silver. Mm. So she is the goddess of the sea of the earth, and it is believed that all life stems from the water. And we're made up mostly of water, yeah. and we do need it in order to survive. She is also used as a logo for different um, businesses and companies. And one such company that you know of very well, and it deals with coffee, and that company is Starbucks. Oh. So she's the West African. That's right, goddess. the waving hair. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. This piece, yeah, the, I mean, just the composition of this is so interesting where it's like there's this big figure in the foreground, and you're kind of looking, you're looking at her back, so you're seeing what she's seeing, and she's looking out at other mermaids and out at the surf, and you see her beautiful hair and then the tail, and then she's sitting on sand so it's a lot of texture in it mm -hmm. and what you said about the blue and white and silver is cool because it's like the ocean and then the pearls exactly you know? exactly in the rhinestones um because the mermaids they do love a lot of um jewels okay and um the sparkly things because it helps also to manifest um your desires the other mermaids that you see um, in the background are her daughters oh and so um you have oba who is a river goddess in the white. In the yellow, you have Oshun. She's goddess of the ocean, and that's where the name Oshun comes from. And Oprah Winfrey, Maya Angelou, and also Beyonce channel the energies of Oshun. Oh. And to the right of us, we have Oya. And Oya comes in like a storm, and she removes obstacles from your path. And sometimes the obstacles that needs to be removed might be our limited way of thinking. So oh, okay. maybe obstacles inside. Yeah, sometimes we block our own blessings, and but um, most of the time it's about. Uh, sometimes there are people who are trying to block you from getting from point A to Z. Yeah. Yes, and I, so uh, uh, you were oh, saying. I, I love this that it, it turns out that it's the mom looking out over her three daughters. Exactly. Oh, cool. Exactly. Exactly. So this is Yimaya, uh, Yimoja, La Siren, Mamawita, La Petite. So she goes by seven different names, yeah. and. Um, She's a very beautiful goddess, too, as well. And as a piece, this is so cool, where, um, so Sabri has original paintings, and then she has the giclée prints, and then these kind of hybrid, where it's an enhanced giclée, where it's the print with some original pieces on it, and this is such a smart business thing to do, because price-wise, it's, uh, you know, you have these sort of three levels of pricing, so... 
I love this, Sabri. You can tell you've thought a lot about your business as the years have gone on. So there's like a level price point of a piece for everybody. Exactly. Um, and this one, again, it's a 24 by 30. Uh, so one like this would run close to 1,000 um, because it does take a long time to uh, do a piece. An 18 by 24 uh, would be 300, but with the embellishment, it adds to that price point. Oh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot. I mean, just the it's pine cones. It's the a pine. lot, and then the hair is a lot of work. You can it's tell a, that piece took me seven months. That's wow. on the wall, and so because I had to layer on over 25 coats of paints in order to support the materials that oh. you now see. Again, the yarn, the pine cones, yeah. the shells. It's another thing to think about yes. when you're doing mixed media. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay, well, everybody, you need to come in here and see these pieces face-to-face. -face. Definitely. Thank you so much, Sabri. This is fascinating. And thank you for having me. I appreciate you. For the final part of today's show, I'm playing a song performed by local musicians Maggie and Jackson Evans, and it's written by Jackson Evans. This is called Red and White.
up on WRUU, that old Savannah magic from 4 to 6 p.m. It's a variety show featuring Savannah history, radio theater, interviews, and music. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. 